This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, it's good to be back with you guys. I've been, I wasn't here last week, I haven't preached for a month, and so it's been a great time. I know we've enjoyed having some speakers come in. As we get started, I, I just want to say thank you to Lindsay Tool who's our children's pastor. Man, she just does such a good job of leading our teams, loving our kids, really putting a ton of effort and energy into providing a chance each week for our kids to come and worship. Would y'all give a hand for her? I love you so much. I really do. Thank you so much for all you do. Now, Vortex Kids, which is our umbrella for our children's ministry, really, if you think about what happens right down the hall, you saw what happens right down the hall each week. And here's why we put so much energy and effort into providing something for our kids. Because we want to teach our kids two very important things. We want to teach them that they can have a relationship with God that can impact their life. We want to teach them to love Jesus. But the second thing, this is so important, we want to teach them to love going to church. I mean, I don't know if y'all are like me. You get drugged to church when you were a little kid and get stuck in some room where you had to play with, like, flannel graphs. I don't even know what those things are, but some of y'all do, all right? But but we want to teach our kids to love going to church, which is why it makes me so happy when I hear parents that planned vacation around church this summer because they were so excited to get their kids to church. Their Their children literally wanted to be in church that bad. Man, that's awesome. And the reason that we can do that outside of the, the vision that God has for us and His Holy Spirit is because we have a group of people who pour their lives into our kids. And that's our volunteers that serve each Sunday and make a difference in the life. So if you serve in, in Vortex Kids, raise your hand right now. I just want to acknowledge you and thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. So today we're starting a new series called Umbrella Ella Ella A A. Uh, and so I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with these things, umbrellas. I, you probably were on Friday, weren't you? Rained all day. All right, what is, so what does an umbrella do? What does an umbrella do? You know, the first thing that an umbrella does is it protects you. In the middle of a storm, when the rain's coming down, you get out the umbrella because as it goes over you, the protection of the umbrella over you protects you during the storm. The second thing that an umbrella can do, you, you see this happen every once in a while here on Sundays. I don't know if you know that we have a, a group of people here who serve out in the parking lot. We call them parkers. R- really creative name, I know. Um, but but these guys are out there when it's 125 degrees, and they're out there on days when it's raining. And what they'll do is on a day when it's raining, they'll come up to you when you're getting out of your car, and they'll put the umbrella over you, and then they will guide you from your car to the front door. You see, not only is an umbrella a, a covering, a protection, but an umbrella guides you as well. I don't know if you know this, but we all need umbrellas in life. We all need an umbrella. Because the first thing that we're going to all face is, we're going to need an umbrella for this, is that we're all going to face storms. Some of y'all are in the middle of storms right now. Some of y'all are in the middle of 
the, the most significant storm you've ever faced in your life. But some of y'all, y'all are in the, the dry season, the happy season, and sunny. But I want you to understand, you need to get ready because the storm is coming. Some of the storms that we face in life are like Friday, aren't they? How many of y'all love Friday? A day when it's a little overcast, rains all day, you have every excuse to stay in the bed all day long, right? Some of y'all are so mad that you had to go to work or to school on Friday, right? But then there are some storms that aren't quite like that, are there? There's some storms that blow in in our lives and they're destructive. They hurt. And here's the truth that's important to know about those storms, that we can't survive storms on our own. We live in a, in a culture, in a society that elevates the individual, and we really do like to think that we can make it on our own. But I think that if you think about the most significant moments in your life, probably the moments that were the greatest catalysts for change, you know what? They probably involve somebody else, somebody who is there to challenge you, to coach you, to point out something in you, to have that tough conversation, somebody that loved you, cared about you. Because the truth is we need somebody else. And, and I don't know if you know this about you, but we also, we need protection and guidance. We need protection. We need to be guided. I don't, I don't understand people who feel like you know, they don't need outside input. And to me, man, when I look at life, I realize that there are things that I don't know. I need people to help me when I get to that situation where the direction seems cloudy and different. I need people that are functionally working in my life to protect me, not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally. I mean, the truth is, is that we all need an umbrella. So what I want to do is, as we get ready to talk about the topic that we're going to get into for today, I want to talk about just the broad topic of the umbrella that God has for our life. You see, the umbrella that God wants in all of our lives and that he is positioned is called authority. Now, we all hate that word. I know y'all hate authority because all of you, just like me, you see the blue lights flashing in the rearview mirror. Every single one of you gets upset. You're probably going 5 or 10, 35 over, whatever it was, right? And they caught you doing it. And in those moments when we're caught, and we often think about authority as being something that's there to catch us doing what's not good or something that we shouldn't be doing. But see, the thing is, is that if you left today and you went home and you found out that your home had been broken into, I guarantee you the first call you're going to make is to the authorities because you realize that you need protection. See, God instituted authority as an umbrella to cover all of us. Look at what Romans 13.1 says. All authority comes from God. And these and those in position of authority have been placed there by God. And I know some of y'all sitting there thinking, listen, I got the worst boss you ever heard of. There's no way in the world his authority comes from God. I want you to understand, it does. So much so that on two weeks, I'm going to preach a message called Bad Bosses where I'm going to help you learn how to navigate that the way that God wants you to. But see, God installed authority as an umbrella to cover us. And see, 
Some of you guys are in here today and you have authority in other people's lives. Maybe you're a boss and you own a business. Maybe you're a teacher and you have a classroom. There's many of us that are here today because our kids are here that are parents. If Look at this. If God puts you in authority, he puts you in authority to cover other people. As God puts us in positions of authority, God establishes authority so that we can provide that covering and be the umbrella for someone else. In the same way that God puts us under authority so that those who are in authority over us can protect and guide us. So what I'd like to do is, is, is just taking that very simple understanding of authority. I want to spend the next few minutes talking about what it takes to be an umbrella parent. An umbrella parent. All right, the first thing that I want you to see today is that if we're going to really live in the authority that God wants us to, that as a parent we must accept the responsibility that comes with the authority that we have in our kids' lives. We must accept the responsibility that comes with the authority that we have in our kids' lives. Here, here's the problem. Most of us think about authority in the context of making decisions. We think, oh, I want to be the boss because then I get to tell everybody what to do. Or I really enjoy being the parent because as the parent, I can tell my kids what to do. Or we think about that kind of context that authority equals the capacity to make decisions. But I want you to understand in the context of the scriptures, authority always is connected to responsibility. Always, which is why when we rewind the whole story to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, God creates man, makes Adam, puts him in a garden, provides everything that he would need. Here's all the food you need. You are safe. I'm providing for you. Here is your job, Adam. Dominate the world. Take dominion over all of it. Name all the creatures. Name all... Take dominion. But here's the problem. You're alone. And it's not good for you to be alone. So I'm going to create a wife. Now you guys, you do this together. And here is one rule. One rule. Don't eat from this one tree. Don't eat from this. Don't do that. And I don't know if y'all have ever read that story, but it wasn't wasn't Adam that got got tempted and, and tricked into trying that fruit. It was his wife. And he's sitting there watching it. But it's his wife that takes the bite and then hands it to him. And then he takes the bite. But if you fast forward to the book of Romans, and the book of Romans starts to talk about how sin entered the world that we live in, you know who it blames? Adam. Because God put him in authority, and because of that, God held him responsible. Authority and responsibility go hand in hand. And see, I think that some of us think about being parents as being the people, we have authority over our kids. I can tell them what to do. I can make them clean up after their own. I want you to understand that the authority that you have in your kid's life is a deep responsibility. It is not just a privilege. It's a responsibility that we must carry and carry well. And there are a lot of things that as our kids grow up, we are responsible for. If you've ever held an infant baby, you know that they are so fragile. 
they are so incapable of taking care of themselves. They need us to protect them and to provide clothing and food. They need that. And as they grow, the needs begin to change. The things that we are responsible as parents begin to change. Let me just help you. Some of y'all are parenting kids that are older. All right, some of you parenting teenagers. Some of you parenting kids that are in their 20s and 30s. Let me give you a very important principle when it comes to being a parent. Is that when we try to take responsibility over something that we do not have authority over, all we end up doing is setting ourselves up for more stress, worry, and anxiety. Because you cannot change something that God hasn't given you the authority over. And there are some of you that have older kids, and you're trying to take responsibility for something in their life, but it's not something that you have authority over anymore. Because as adults, they do. But as our kids grow, there are are things that God holds us responsible to do. And so I want to look at one of those today. One of the things that God holds us responsible to do is to teach our kids to be obedient. See, that's the second thing in your notes, that you have the responsibility to teach your kids to be obedient. I know all of y'all going to talk about me all week long because when your kids don't do what they're supposed to do, you can go back. You remember what the preacher said on Sunday? You're supposed to be obedient. All right, now I know I know it's going to happen. All right, so I'm going I'm to give you a lot of ammunition today. All right, I'm going to help you out. But I want you to get this when it comes to obedience, okay? That the reason that obedience is so important is that the way that your kids learn to respond to you as that first direct authority in their life is going to be the way that they later respond to God. It's going to set that platform. There are so many things about being a parent that connect to how our kids are going to relate to God later on. And God makes this an issue. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the Ten Commandments out of Exodus, in Exodus 20, Right, we see this appear. Look at what the Bible says here. In this, in this, if you're a kid, listen to this. The Bible says, "Honor your father and mother." Can I just show? If you, we all kids to some degree, right? Some of us just a little older in the process. Do you realize there's no age limit to this? Some of y'all think you've grown out of honoring your father and mother. There's not that way. Honor your father and mother. Then, look, at there's this promise that's connected to this. It's so good. Then you will have a long and full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Listen, I want you to get this. Kids, if you're here, look at me. So your parents love you, and God knows that. And so he tells you to honor your father and mother, to learn to be obedient to your parents. And here's the promise. If you'll be obedient, things are going to go pretty good for you. You're going to live a long and full life. The the things that God wants to give you, he will be able to give them to you if you'll learn how to follow and honor and be obedient. But see, the thing is, is that many of us as parents, we, we don't do a good job of living in the responsibility of teaching our kids to be obedient. I would say this, especially in our current context. So I want to talk about what obedience should look like. I like to talk about first-time obedience. First-time obedience. Remember that the, the 
problem with, with obedience, the great weight of obedience, is that the way that our kids learn to respond to our voice becomes a connection to how they will respond to the voice of God. And we want to teach them to respond the first time. Let me show you what that looks like. We want them to respond right away, all the way, in a cheerful way. I'm going to say that again. We, first time obedience looks like this, that we want our kids to respond right away, all the way, in a cheerful way. Let me spend some time just talking about each one of those right away, all right? How many of y'all asked your kids to do something, and it's two hours later, and they still hadn't done it? Anybody ever been there? Now, now listen to me, okay, and be honest with yourself. Has God ever asked you to do something, and you said, wait on God? Hold on. I know you asked me to tithe, but God, it's just not a good time right now. God, I know you said forgive my enemies, but, oh, it's just that hurts too much. I can't forgive. Have you ever done that to the Lord? I want you to understand today that the way that we teach our kids to obey is deeply connected to the way that they're going to respond to the voice of God. We need to teach them to respond right away. This means that when you have the attention and the the kind of uh, moment to make an issue over something, that you give it as a parent, you give it your attention to make sure that your kids get up from watching the TV or from playing with their toys, and they do what you ask them to do right then, right away. Here's why this is so important. I don't know if y'all get this, but delayed obedience is disobedience. If you heard the voice of God ask you to do something and you still hadn't done it, but you're still looking at God saying, God, I'm going to get that. Just give me a few weeks. God, just wait until all the circumstances seem right. If, I can just, if we can just get there, God, I will do what you've asked me to do. I want you to understand that you're living in disobedience right now. In the same way that if you tell your kid, hey, get up from the, watching the TV. I need you to put up your toys. And it's an hour later, they're still watching the TV. That's disobedience. The first time, right away, all the way. Because how many of y'all know that putting up half your toys ain't getting it done, right? Y'all ever get upset about that one? Are we the only parents to do? I I mean, you just, you didn't do it all the way. You didn't do it exactly. This is not what I asked you. I should put up all your toys. You put up three toys. This is not enough. And the last thing is in a cheerful way. I love what John Piper says about working with his boys when they were growing up. He said, you know, we got to be careful because we can let obedience become something that is a task. He said, so if I came home and my kids had toys everywhere and I looked at them and I said, boys, before dinner, you put those away. He said, they'd probably do it. But it would be a task for them. It would be something that were, I just gave a command and they're responding. But he said, if I get down on the floor with them and say, hey, boys, will you help me put up the toys too? Let's make a game. Who can put up the most toys in the next five minutes? He said, all of a sudden, obedience becomes relational and joyful. I want you to understand today that if something is important enough for you to make it an issue in your house, If something is important enough for you to make it an issue in your house, you need to be willing to make sure that your kids respond right away, 
all the way and in a cheerful way. That may mean that some of the stuff that's annoying to you right now, you stop complaining about. Because you don't have the attention to make sure that you follow through with that. But if it's enough of an issue for you to start asking your kids to be obedient, you need to, as a parent, take the responsibility to make sure that they follow through with all of those things. See, we have that responsibility that's connected to the authority. And it's so important for us to know that because the third thing in your notes today is what we're really talking about. God wants to use you to make a difference in your kids' lives. God wants to use you. The reason God has given you authority over their lives is simple. Not because you're the most qualified person to train them up. Not because you got it all together. Because if you're honest, you know you don't. God gave you authority in their lives because he wants to use you to make a difference in theirs. And see, the sad truth is that there's a lot of us in here today. And we know that. But we also know we don't have the kind of relationship with God that we need. We know that, I mean, this is the moment that we connect with God all week long. And this ain't enough. Y'all know that. And here's the truth about raising kids. You can't give them something you don't have. You can't give them something that you don't have. You see, as the umbrella over our kids' lives, sometimes there's a hole or a rip in our umbrella. There's a lack of our obedience and our responsiveness to the authority of God. And because of that, the rain comes through and it gets in our kids' lives. You see, you can't give them something that you don't have. And I want you to understand today that the presence or absence of a relationship with God is going to have an impact on your child's life. See, your ability to be an authority in your kid's life is connected to your submission to God's authority in yours. Your ability to be an authority in your kid's life is directly connected to your submission to God's authority in yours. And I don't know if you get this, but there's some of us in the room that when we think about the submission to God's authority, we just think that that's, well, I've got a whole list of things I can't do. I, I don't drink, I don't, smoke I, I don't i don't do drugs i don't run with any of the girls that do any of that stuff either and i i always listen to christian music right that, that's what being a christian it looks like that's behavior that's not what's happening in our hearts see some of us we don't realize that we've been trying to just get the behaviors right when our hearts need to come under full submission to the authority of Jesus. I'm going to give you a principle today that I want to make real clear, okay? This is what I'm going to call throughout this series the umbrella principle. All right, look at this. You can't get over what God has put under you until you get under what God has put over you. You cannot get over what God has put under you until you get under what God has put over you. 
And there are so many of us in here that are struggling and wrestling with things that are significant. And you may even be dealing with something that's really difficult in your kid's life right now. But your relationship with God isn't where it needs to be. You're not living under his authority. But see, your relationship with God, it's going to have a direct impact on your kids' lives. I saw this a few weeks ago. See, when my daughter was about 18 months old, we gave her her first PB&J sandwich. Y'all ever done that? That's a big day in anybody's house, right? It's fun. Like, we all love PB&J, right? And so we give it to my daughter. She's really young, and all of a sudden, in just moments, there are blisters all over her lips. Her breathing slows. She gets less and less responsive. We rush her to the ER, and we find out that she's really allergic to peanuts. Oops, right? Probably shouldn't have gave her that PB&J sandwich. So we take her to the allergist, and she comes back to have a, a really significant reaction to peanuts, tree nuts, and eggs. So for the next few years, we start to navigate life under that understanding. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I got in fights with family members when they tried to feed her stuff that may have had peanuts in it. I mean, anytime I ever ate peanut butter, I had to, like, sanitize the utensils. We didn't keep peanut stuff around the house where she could get it. I can remember one time I, dro- I was eating a cookie because I love cookies. Um, I was eating a cookie, and I dropped a crumb of it, and it had peanuts in it. And I spent literally an hour trying to find that crumb off the floor. I mean, unless you've lived in that circumstance, you just don't understand the stress and responsibility that comes with that. So this summer, as she's getting ready, she just started kindergarten. Um, we took her back to the allergist to be tested. And it was just so happened that we went on vacation the week before. So we were gone. And I, I just had this moment before vacation where I sensed that the Lord said, Kevin, every day that you're on vacation, When you put her down to go to sleep, here's what I want you to do. I want you to lay hands on her. I want you to pray over her because I want to heal her. I started thinking, "This this is awesome. So I went to my wife. I said, God wants us to lay hands on her every week or every day on vacation. We're going to lay hands on her. We're going to pray over her, and God's going to heal her. And we went on vacation, and I totally forgot. No kidding. completely forgot so we came back on Saturday it was Sunday afternoon and she walked by me and I was in the kitchen and God reminded me of what he had spoke to me and so I went over and I grabbed her and I sat her up on our kitchen counter and I hugged her and I prayed I said God I know you're merciful it doesn't take my obedience. It really just takes your mercy. And so, God, I'm, I'm praying over her right now. God, I know that I haven't been the person that you asked me to be. I know that we didn't pray over her the way that you asked us to, but God, heal her for your glory. Monday morning, she went in to be tested. My wife called me crying. She's just overwhelmed. Kevin, everything came back negative. Everything. Tree nuts peanuts, eggs, all negative. And the doctor said, whoa, this is different. This is different. We're going to do some blood tests just to confirm that this is indeed what's happening. So they did that. They 
had sent off some blood work, and in a few days it came back. The blood work came back negative. So the doctor said, hey, the only way we can really find this out is if we give her some peanut butter. So they set up a time, and on Tuesday of this week, we went back to the doctor, and my daughter ate two tablespoons of peanut butter without any reaction. Now, I don't tell you that so that you go, wow, look at what Kevin did. And I don't tell you that so that you think that your story is going to be just like that. I mean, it's really, I want to be honest with you, from my perspective, it's a miracle. With each of those um, kind of allergies, the chances of growing out of them is well under 20%, somewhere around 15 to 10%. Compound them together, it's around 1% chance that that could have happened. It's really remarkable. That doesn't mean that God's always going to do that. But here's what I can tell you from that story. Is that your relationship with God is going to have a direct impact on your child. And if you can't hear from God, you can't hear what God wants to do in their lives, you're not listening to them, you're not responding to God, I can tell you right now that the capacity that you have to make a difference in your child's life is going to be vastly diminished because God wants to use you to make a difference in their life. Now, some of y'all, some of y'all are like me. In this moment, you realize God wants to use me. I don't have the really, I have not been the kind of parent that I know I need to be. I want you to know that just like our experience, God is merciful and loving and good. And he wants to use you. So let's pray. And right now, if you're that parent and you're here and you know that you need to recommit yourself to being the kind of parent that God can use, let's take this moment to do that. God, we just come before you today and we thank you. What a good and wonderful God you are. God, we love you. God, thanks for being the God who forgives and gives us a second chance. And so today, God, as we think about our roles in our kids' lives, the authority that we have and the way that we're living under your authority, God, today there are some of us that are here. We just need to get things right because we haven't. God, we haven't. And so, Lord, we just submit ourselves to you. We just ask you to come and to help us to make the right decision to follow you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you're that parent and you say, hey, you know what? I haven't been living right. I know that, that I haven't been. I haven't been obedient to God the way that I need to and I need to make that change because I can see that there are holes in my umbrella and the rain is getting through. It's getting on my kids. I can see the impact. I'm tired of it. God, come and patch my umbrella. Come and heal me. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Awesome. Who else? Who else is here? Yeah, that's good. So let me just ask you, all right, for kids and for parents today, I want to ask you this question. If you've been struggling with being obedient, parents, if you have felt like there are things that you're supposed to do, and kids, you've been wrestling with your relationship with your mom and dad you haven't been obedient the way but you want to take this moment and say god i'm going to be obedient raise your hand if that's you awesome so god we just come before you and we thank you that you give us a second chance and so god today this second chance that's here god we just take it 
what a good and wonderful thing it is. God, thank you for our kids that are here saying that they want to commit to be obedient to you. God, thank you for our parents that are here that are saying that they're going to be the kind of parents to live (coughs) in the right authority and the right kind of attitude towards their children. God, lead us and guide us for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.